Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. Ownership. What does that word conjure up in your mind? Ownership. Say the word out loud just to get it implanted in your mind for the next few minutes. Ownership. There is likely no idea that has created more wealth, more covetousness, more bloodshed, more wars, more heartache, more comfort, more worship, more pride, more contempt, more political books, more stewardship, more prosperity, more taxes, more confiscation, more lawyer fees than ownership. Especially that part about lawyer fees. <laughs> it's all a mixed bag, isn't it? Some very negative reactions, some very positive reactions. Really, how you and I think about ownership is a matter of our mindset. And mindset about ownership starts at a very early age. What is the word learned just after those first words out of the babe's mouth, mama and daddy? Well, of course, the next word is mine. <laughs> well, that may not be true. Starting to say mine may happen before the little tyke even learns to say daddy. <laughs> right after those baby years, we all quickly become conditioned to thinking about ownership, most often by the beliefs and practices of the social structures we participate in, our families, our schools, our neighborhoods, our governments. We're ingrained with people's views of the negative or positive aspects of ownership examples, like the victorious emperor who takes all the spoils of war from the defeated, the business person with the big yacht, the business person who treats employees and customers very well, the spendthrift ne'er-do-well who wastes his family's total paycheck at the bar, the giver who delights in giving so much away, the tax collector, who not only takes the money away, but actually gets paid by the taxpayer to do just that. The steward who is faithful with a job well done. Yes, every one of those profiles is heavily laden with value judgments about the goodness of the person handling resources. But just whose value judgment is in play? Two different people hearing these examples can and often do look at these examples with polarized conclusions about the very same people. From a Christian's perspective, when it comes to ownership, a pretty safe place to start is how God speaks about himself. And Psalm 50, verses 10 to 12 in the ESV says, and I'm quoting, For every beast of the forest is mine the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. 
If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Unquote. That's right. The world and its fullness are mine, declares the psalmist. This pretty much says it all because God owns it all. But a fuller context of these verses is really key. In the previous verse, Psalm 50, verse 7, God indicates he is testifying against Israel, but not because they are being disobedient about what the law requires in making offerings of sacrificed animals to God. They are doing exactly what is correct by the book, we might say. But here's what verses 14 to 15 prescribed instead. And I'm quoting, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me, unquote. Then later in verse 23, he says, and I'm quoting, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God, unquote. Again, God is speaking to Israel about offerings to the Lord, and God is not impressed with the material offering which is rote, routinized, or legalistic. Now, here's the deal. Giving back to God in the form of an offering is good, but focusing on the thanksgiving, the gratitude, that is generating a heartfelt thankfulness for who God is and what he has done for us, then actually saying so. Well, that is what God really wants from us. And that's true, whether God has given us $1 or $1 billion to steward on his behalf. You see, in God's economy, we should know we really don't own the land, the cash, the home, the stocks, or the family we are entrusted with. We are simply stewards of all that on behalf of God, for His purposes. Yes, I know that your car and your home are likely legally titled in your name, and that's for good reason, for orderly purposes in this world. Indeed, all that is really good, because legal title in this world gives you standing and latitude and flexibility to more easily deploy those assets for purposes of the kingdom. Now, for just a moment, let's do talk about your home, or maybe your future home if you're a renter. If you have a mortgage, a debt against your home, then the mortgage company, the lender, has a legal claim against that asset, your home. Therefore, you can't sell the asset without satisfying that legal obligation. So, is that debt good or bad? Well, don't be too quick to answer that. If you haven't done this before now, take a quick listen to that earlier Whitestone podcast on good debt and bad debt. The point is, you're held accountable by the lender who is deeply involved with the asset that you legally own. That's own in air quotes. <laughs> you see, you do not have full latitude to do whatever you want with that home, that property. You are indeed the owner in the eyes of the law, but you are encumbered by someone else, the lender, 
In fact, the mortgage lender likely has some conditions that you must meet in order that this valuable asset retains its value, like keeping the house insured. Yes, you are ultimately at least partially accountable to the lender for how you manage the asset. Well, that's just like God. (laughs) He owns it all, and everything you have legal title to in this world is really essentially on loan from God. That's because God has entrusted you with those assets for your stewarding, your home, your furniture, your stocks, your car, your children, your spiritual gifts, your talents, your career. All of these are given to you by God for your stewarding. After all, the Bible tells us that, quote, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change, unquote. That verse is found at James 1.17. Then God tells us in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, quote, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, unquote. Notice that this parable, which is essential for grasping how believers are to serve God, is about the master entrusting the servant to be faithful with what the servant's been entrusted with. Does that sound like the servant in this parable would be or should be saying, Oh, good. My master sent me over $500,000 in assets. Therefore, I personally own $500,000 in assets, unquote. <laughs> Don't think that flies, do you? But God has powerfully given us even fuller understanding. He tells us not to store up things, quote, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, unquote. And therefore, we are to, quote, lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, unquote. That's in Matthew 6. So, with thanksgiving, we store up treasures in heaven through our tithes and offerings. And that's awesome. But we also faithfully steward the remaining assets for priorities in this world as part of our appointed responsibilities as families, neighbors, and the like. But also very important, we often steward other resources on behalf of unbelievers as a matter of witness for Christ. For example, like being a CEO for a public corporation. So here's the point. There's absolutely nothing wrong with stewarding a lot of assets in this world as unto the Lord. Whether it's one talent, five, or ten, we are to do what Paul says in Colossians 3.23, quote, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, unquote. Whether you've legitimately been set over one dollar or one billion dollars, to steward right now, do it as unto the Lord. Finally, here's the sweet final chapter on ownership. Hebrews 1-2 says that, quote, In these last days God has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, 
through whom also he created the world, unquote. And Romans 8, 16 to 17 says, quote, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him, unquote. Did you get that? Fully get that? In the end, we are all joint heirs with Christ, who is heir of all things. For eternity, we will be owners with Christ of all things. Wow. So, what's our hang-up about ownership in the kingdoms of this world? We win the biggest prize in the end. So, in our present age, we simply maximize our position in Christ by being faithful stewards. Only God would think all of this up and then actually do it. <laughs> this is one area of life where being a mature Christian is clearly revealed. Immaturity and self-regard say mine instead of daddy. While maturity shouts, Abba, Father, and stops saying mine. Wow. So, don't fixate on your ownership. Just be a great steward. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.